0: Broadcasting from London, Ontario, Canada to the rest of the world, it's Ask the Top. Thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate your support. No craft beer joining me. On this edition of the program, although I had a delicious Parmesan wrap on the way home, I picked that sucker up and I sipped on a Heineken while watching Home Improvement. I'm getting old. These are the things I look forward to now, and of course, this podcast as well. On this edition of the program, we have a lot to get to. The recent WWE releases Leo Rush's polarizing tweet. If you missed it, I'll catch you up on it. The Rock's desired opponents. Highlights from the week. Vader's Hall of Fame chances and thoughts on Ricochet. Survivor Series is just around the corner. It's coming together rather nicely. There's already seven matches announced. You have Brock Lesnar taking on the Maharaja. I'm not even going to try the rolling of the tongue there. I just can't do it properly. Jinder Mahal... You have Raw Women's Champion Alexa Bliss taking on SmackDown Women's Champion Natalia. the Raw Tag Team Champions, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins taking on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The Usos, the IC Champion The Miz taking on the United States Champion Baron Corbin, Team Raw yet to be completed. It's Kurt Angle and Braun Strowman with three others to be announced versus Team SmackDown. That's Shane McMahon, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura, and either AJ Styles or Rusev. Either way, we're going to have some stacked teams there. Team Raw in the women's division. Alicia Fox and Nia Jax, three others to be announced, versus Team SmackDown. They have everything set. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Naomi, Tamina, and Carmella. With, of course, James Ellsworth and Lana. And to Amore taking on Kalisto as well. So... Survivor Series coming together rather nicely. I don't believe it's the strongest card, but I hope it does deliver. Plenty of news to get to, but before that, of course, interact with me on social media. That's why I'm there. I love chatting with you. Ask the Top is my Facebook fan page, at Chris Black on Twitter, Chris Black on Instagram, Google+, Chris Tomplak.com. and Of course, this show is supported and can be found on TWM.news and The Reaction Room. Dot com. News. There were some WWE releases as of late. Emma, Darren Young, and Summer Rae. Let's talk about why. So Sports Illustrated is speculating and reporting that she had heat with the company and she made enemies among the writing team. That's a big no-no. Because they can write you in or they can promptly write you out. Furthermore, she made matters worse with her tweets that vocalized her displeasures. You just don't do that. Even though I love Emma, I think she was grossly underappreciated, criminally misused, still not something I, I would advise any performer in the back think about doing. Some believe this was actually a message sent to the WWE locker room. Remember, Neville walked out. Nia Jax, even though she had A personal leave of absence. They're saying she potentially walked out. So perhaps they're sending this message saying this could be you. As for Darren Young and Summer Rae, both were budget cuts. Summer Rae was one that unfortunately felt long overdue. She's been modeling. She's trying her hand at acting. And as for Darren Young, very unfortunate. Injuries really plagued his return. He never got a chance to return, especially on his own terms. So he's been released wishing Everyone who was released, the best of luck. Leo Rush, recently signed to NXT. He's training at the Performance Center. A lot of hype behind him. He's in his early 20s. Highly talented, but still very immature. Case in point, a tweet that he wrote immediately after Emma's release. Even though he was joking, it was in poor taste. I'll read it to you in in, in case you missed it. I guess these are the things that happen when you're not ready for Asuka and he tagged Asuka in this and put a clown face emoji. Kevin Owens, Billy Kay, among many, many others, actually responded to this by saying, you need to grow up. Bray Wyatt was one of them too. You need to grow up. You're not going to survive among the wolves in the WWE Performance Center. So, being is so new to NXT. I mean, he was signed just months ago. This is how you could be reprimanded, suspended or even worse kicked out of the locker room so now he has this upward climb because by the time he makes it to the main roster you know they're going to give him a hard time for that because when somebody loses their job regardless of why it happened it's not wise to poke fun at it and even though yes it ties into nobody's ready for oscar emma was again a very talented performer she was to me a pioneer of this recent women's revolution so she deserves credit where credit is due a bit of an unsung hero if you will even though she claimed that she was on twitter in reality yes it was actually true so in poor taste more than anything he needs to understand the politics and the bigger picture of the wwe i understand what he's trying to do there and make a joke but man he needs a manager or a mentor to help guide him and say stay away from those comments. It's not going to help you in the long run. According to PWI Insider, Roman Reigns has still not been cleared to return to the ring, so we're not going to see him anytime soon. The WWE released the following statement in regards to Ra's 25th anniversary. My, how time flies. I remember in 1993 being seven years old, dating myself, and yet making myself still feel relatively young at the same time. I remember... That debut episode, I stayed up for him. My parents had no problem with me watching wrestling, so I've been watching it my entire life. Some great memories from that. Uh, Damien Demento and The Undertaker. I remember that one quite clearly. As first reported by the New York Post, the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw will be taking place at Barclays Center in Manhattan Center in New York City on Monday, January 22nd, 2018, and air live on the USA Network at 8 Tickets are available for each event starting this Friday, November the 3rd, through all Ticketmaster outlets, www.ticketmaster.com, or by calling 1-800-745-3000. Now some superstars from both Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live are actually going to be at the Barclays Center, and also the event at the Manhattan Center. That's the site of the very first episode of Raw, so it seems as though there's going to be special appearances by none other. than Shawn Michaels... Kevin Nash aka Diesel and The Undertaker which I think is a wrong move. Either have him show up as Mark Calloway or it just doesn't make any sense. I mean I thought that he retired The Undertaker character and gimmick but say la vie. I understand why he's there. He's going to generate a lot of excitement. So VIP packages, including meet and greet options, are actually available there too to meet some of those WWE legends. So if you're in the area, or if you want to go to the area for this momentous occasion in January, you have your options to go online or call and order tickets. eOnline.com recently asked former Divas champion Kelly Kelly about possibly returning to the WWE. Like I tell everybody, There's no feeling like walking through that curtain and having the fans chant your name. That's a feeling unlike anything else. I always say, never say never. I'm only 30. My body's still intact. I may have a few more matches in me. You never know. My question to you, would you want to see Kelly Kelly return to the WWE landscape? It has dramatically changed since she was last year. The quality of performance in the women's division is perhaps at an all-time high, so I really don't think she would excel in that role. What do you think? Let me know all over social media. Hopefully you caught this. Kevin Love, NBA superstar, dressed up as Sting, but it was Wolfpack Sting from the black and w- uh, red NWO, I should say. and That was his costume. He looked great. Now, Kevin Love is also damn near seven feet tall, so Stinger obviously grew a little bit, but he even got some love from the original Stinger, Steve Borden himself, via his Twitter account. So if you missed the Halloween costume, go check it out. During an appearance at Comic-Con, The Rock named the three current WWE superstars he wants to wrestle. One would be Triple H, the game, he said. The crowd cheered, even though we've seen that dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of times. It just doesn't make sense to me. The other would be the Beast Brock Lesnar. They squared off at SummerSlam in 2002, and that was really a Brock's crowning moment. Then he took a pause, and he said, well... Um, the big dog as well, too. He said he, he wants to kick the ass of Roman Reigns. So uh, sign me up for that one. I'm fine with it. But I was actually rather disappointed with the list. A member of the audience did yell AJ Styles, and The Rock did note, I love AJ, though. He's a real good dude. I'm sick of Twitter feuds. They seem fabricated and not really genuine and lazy. Hulk Hogan is feuding with Brutus the Barber Beefcake on Twitter. Uh, some of these actually are quite funny. I'll give Brutus the Barber Beefcake the win in this for his final tweet, and it's a photo. So basically, he was saying, hey, you know, I, I'm. Uh, it's about time to give myself a stone-cold haircut, brother, is what he was saying. Somebody said, Brutus the Barber Beefcake can take care of you, and more or less, Brutus shot back by saying... Uh, I'd love to give Hulkster a shave, but he won't come near me. He's too busy with my ex-wife, so they go back and forth. Brutus says, working on my book, which is fastly becoming a tell-all. Hold on to your bandana, brother. It's about to get real. Hulk said, got the bandana glued on tight. Got a good lawyer, brother. or Get a good lawyer, brother. One of the last ones here that I love that I think was hilarious was uh, a picture of Hulk Hogan carrying a WWF bag and Brutus tweeted, here's a rare pic of Terry carrying his own bag, which I loved. So if you want to check out that Twitter, if go for it, uh, recently Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega were going at it on Twitter. But again, how genuine is it? I don't know. And it's relatively lazy as well, too. I'd rather see two individuals go toe-to-toe on the microphone or in the ring, settle the score that way, or perhaps just avoid this altogether. Highlights from the week, Asuka's dominance, finally. She had two Actually, surprisingly close matches with Emma, which, by the way, they knew they weren't getting rid of Emma because they would have just had Asuka crush her twice in a row if that were the case. Nonetheless, this is how the WWE needs to consistently showcase the Empress of Tomorrow. She needs to be dominant, and then she needs to make her way to the championship. She needs to be undefeated. The return of Samoa Joe, he received quite the reaction from the Raw audience. I thought that he was actually going to turn a page and almost embrace being a good guy, but... Being the true-to-life heel he is, he turned right on them. said, I don't care what you think. I didn't miss you. Braun Strowman's destruction of the Miztourage emerging from the trash. Uh, err Things on SmackDown was highly amusing, especially given the fact it was Halloween. And how about that best two-out-of-three falls match during a spot on Team SmackDown at Survivor Series between Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. I dug that match as well, too. Let's get to your questions here. There's about five or six to get to. I want to take my time on these. And as always, if you have a question at any point in time, tweet me, write me on my Facebook fan page, Ask the Top, send me an email. Uh, You can message me essentially anywhere. I'm all over social media, and I love receiving these questions. Also, from time to time, I'll jump onto Periscope and... There's a lot of live questions on there. They go back and forth because obviously I'm not just going to hang on to them and answer them on the program. I answer them on the spot. This one is from a big supporter of the show, Sir William White, via Twitter. Thank you for your ongoing support. Do you think Vader has what it takes to be nominated to the WWE Hall of Fame next year? Based on his tenure in WCW in Japan, without a shadow of a doubt, yes. If it were based on his body of work in the WWF, He wouldn't really stand a chance. I mean, he was a top contender at one point against Shawn Michaels. Aside from that, his run in the WWF was not really that memorable. It lasted a couple of years. I believe at one point he had Jim Cornette in his corner as his manager. But in reality, and that's why the WWE serves its purpose, go back and and watch that run. It wasn't really that memorable. They did not let him go. One of the issues is the fact that even in WCW and even in the WWF was that performers like Hulk Hogan in WCW and Shawn Michaels in WWF did not enjoy his stiff style. If you work with Fader, you're probably going to get hit legitimately, but you're just going to have to roll with the punches. Derek Ingram via Google+. Do you think Roman Reigns will beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania? Very simple. Yes. He was so close at WrestleMania 31 before Seth Rollins shocked us all by landing that curb stomp onto Roman Reigns and winning the WWE Championship. But it's going to happen eventually. It's inevitable. I think that's what this build is for, is that Brock Lesnar will remain strong until WrestleMania and Roman Reigns will dethrone him. And hopefully at that point, Brock Lesnar can ride off into the sunset or at least make some sporadic appearances, but he does not need to hold a major championship again because he's not even defending it on a frequent basis, let alone appearing on a frequent basis. So I'm fine with Roman Reigns defeating Brock Lesnar, even though I'm a big fan of him and the advocate, Paul Heyman, but I want to see a regularly scheduled performer win that championship. So yes, Roman Reigns will defeat him. And of course, Vince McMahon will be celebrating in the back. Mike, via Facebook, for the 25th anniversary of Monday Night Raw, what does WWE need to do to make it must-watch TV if the rumor of it being five hours long is true? Uh, They must do huge angles, heel-or-face turns. And what I think should happen is an NXT invasion. Ooh, your thoughts on this. Love the NXT invasion. One of the problems with the NXT invasion at this point, though, is that they haven't built up enough quality performers to make that count. If they still had individuals like Bobby Roode and Shinsuke Nakamura, or perhaps Finn Balor down there, it makes sense. But they don't have the star power to make that impact. Nonetheless, perhaps making that impact creates them into bigger stars. So I'm fine with that NXT invasion, although I'm not imagining that's going to occur perhaps they could feature some nxt performers also if they're going to do this it doesn't necessarily need to be must watch but it has to be engaging television so they don't need to do huge angles heel or face turns or anything like that they just need to bring on some some big performers and really stack this show up so perhaps of course they could rely on Stone Cold Steve Austin or or many others. Vince McMahon, the chairman, could make an appearance. But five hours is far too long. Three hours is long enough. I don't know how they stretch it to five. If they do that, they run the risk of seeing a major drop-off by about 10, 30, or 11 o'clock. And if they started early, who's really watching Raw at 6 o'clock? So I think they just need some big stars to show up, engaging television, some quality matches, and they can make it happen. The Canadian Warrior via Google Plus, if Ricochet signs with the WWE, where do you place him? So are you covered in face paint running to the ring with a bottle of maple syrup while wearing a hockey jersey? Is that what makes you the Canadian Warrior? Okay, jokes aside, I'm Canadian too. It's okay. I can joke about being Canadian. If you're unfamiliar with Ricochet, then let me provide you with a brief background. He's one of the most popular independent wrestlers in the world today. He has competed for New Japan Pro Wrestling, Dragon Gate, PWG, and Evolve. Under the name Prince Puma, he also competed in Lucha Underground, which you can actually catch a lot of those old episodes on Netflix. He is without question one of the greatest high flyers in the world, and he is exceptionally athletic. Pound for pound, he's among the best. No doubt about it. With his ability to steal the show and generate excitement, I would love to see him move immediately to the main roster. 205 Live continues to suffer, and I honestly feel he would be lost in the shuffle. That's my fear. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing him in NXT, but only if he's treated like a main eventer and a future world champion. He deserves that much. Rodney via Facebook. Why didn't they book The Undertaker to win the world title at SmackDown's edition of Elimination Chamber, then have Randy Orton retire him at WrestleMania? That would have solidified Randy as the legend killer and would have been a huge way for WWE saying, thanks for taking the beating for Brock Lesnar last year's SummerSlam. Uh, just my thoughts. If Randy Orton defeated The Undertaker at WrestleMania, it should have happened at WrestleMania 21. Do you recall that match? It was, it was very close. Randy was on the verge at that point of becoming a big star, and he was in the middle of his Legend Killer gimmick. You need to remember the Legend Killer gimmick hasn't existed for years, if not the past decade. He's really been the Viper. Randy Orton, right? So at this point, it doesn't really serve a purpose. Back at WrestleMania 21, it could have been an excellent, uh, you know, torch passing or to solidify that Legend Killer gimmick. I've said it before, and I'll say it again though: I would prefer the Undertaker remain retired. He t- took the loss, but he went out in a blaze of glory with an emotional goodbye. It was like John Wayne riding off into the sunset. No return could ever top that, unless it was against Sting at WrestleMania, but that ship has sailed on that dream match. We're not going to see it. JJ via Twitter, will AJ Lee come back to the WWE? She released a New York Times best-selling memoir, and she's married to CM Punk, so her life seems to be well-adjusted, and she's fairly occupied outside of professional wrestling. That being said, much like Kelly Kelly mentioned earlier, and I would much prefer uh, AJ Lee to return, she's only 30 years old. She still has a sizable fan base. You can bet your bottom dollar that if she said, I want to return, then Vince would kick open that door and say, please, I need more people that can sell merchandise. Never say never, but to me, it still seems relatively doubtful. That's going to do it for another edition of Ask the Top. As always, I greatly appreciate you tuning in, submitting your questions, and supporting this program at least a couple times a month. Perhaps we're even going to extend a show to once a week. Now, I mentioned this on Twitter. I mentioned this on my Facebook fan page. I received actually quite a few private messages about this, inquiring, what's going on? I have this idea of creating a radio network online that is completely dedicated to pro wrestling with unique programming, not just with me, but featuring other individuals. Would you like to hear that? Would you be interested in that? Let me know all over social media because it's something that I think could soon become a reality. And perhaps even as the top gets a little bit of a facelift lift, I should say. But don't worry. It's not like I'm going to be going away forever. It's not like I'm even going away temporarily. I'm going to stick around to keep producing podcasts revolving around the WWE. But I think we're going to evolve this just a little bit further. So if you would be so kind, like this, share this all over social media, keep supporting this program, and happy trails to you.